0: Welcome back, friends. Oh my gosh, today is going to be so much fun. I am interviewing a, another agency founder. And this girl just took me by surprise. I actually found her on TikTok. And she just kind of stole my heart from a marketing and strategy perspective. So today I'm bringing on Savannah Jordan. She's the CEO and founder of Alpha Creative Agency, where they focus on creating powerful and impactful marketing strategies for their clients that lead to effortless visibility, brand recognition, authority, and of course, sales. Savannah has a background in operations and marketing. And as an entrepreneur from the age of 18, which holy cow, She understands not only what it takes to make a business successful, but what it takes to actually market the business, which is where I became so enthralled with her. Her social media is just so compelling. And the way that she really inspires people to take action by really treating their business as like their number one, like marketing client or treating their business as the marketing comes first is incredible. She also talks and goes into her journey of coming to a point with her agency where she's like it's I just want to burn it all down. So, you guys, this is such an incredible episode and I'm so excited to get into it with Savannah. So, please welcome to the show Miss Savannah Jordan. All right, you guys. We have Miss Savannah Jordan on the show today and I fangirled over her for like quite a bit. And then I was like, I'm going to slide in this girl's DMs because her TikTok content was just so number one, inspirational. But number two, I feel like she was literally speaking my own story. Savannah has an incredible marketing agency. It's the Alpha Market Agency. And one of the things that I loved the most about just the TikTok and all the things that she was talking about, all of her content was the way that she actually positioned her story into actually be a sales funnel to convert and bring new clients, customers over to the agency, as well as helping her own brands and her own clients with the same tactics. So Savannah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited too. Okay, so like, let's jump into this because again, I resonate so much with your story. There was this moment back in 2020 where I was like, COVID happened, we lost 75% of the business. I was like, fuck everything. Like I'm burning it to the ground. Like I've been trying to bootstrap this agency for like the last three years. Yeah. And I got to this point where really, we, la- we did something different. We launched a CPG brand and then basically revitalized the marketing agency, which is not the same thing as you. But you also had a moment where you're like, this isn't working. I don't know if I want to stay here. Can you tell us that story and talk through that
1: moment? Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting because that was not the first moment I've ever had in terms of like, I'm ready to burn it to the ground. (laughs) I I had started a business previously when I was 18, actually with my dad and ended up selling it after three years. And at that point, we, we sold it because first of all, we ended up getting like funding, but then also ended up not having that funding and losing it. So we actually had to sell it, but we were so burnt out at that point as well, that it was one of those like, okay, maybe this is kind of supposed to happen, essentially. So I'm very familiar with entrepreneurial burnout. And at the same time, I think this was a little bit different in that. So it was basically last summer, where we had built the agency up, probably for well, I had been working for myself at this point for about two years, the agency was about a year old, year and a half old. And we essentially got to a point where we were scaling so quickly and every agency owner knows this struggle. But when you scale so quickly as an agency, it's this very awkward, delicate dance of we have to bring on enough team members in order to support the growth that we're seeing and that we're anticipating. But also on top of that, we have to make sure we have the client base to pay our team, right? And so we basically had hit this massive spike of growth. And we're anticipating our revenue and our client base doubling within the coming months and brought a team on to support that and then ended up hitting kind of a wall when it came to our sales. And the majority of of it was that, first of all, We weren't looking at our actual marketing and sales strategy, where the gaps were. We were essentially just kind of operating as most business owners do, where you find something that works and you consistently implement it. But a lot of business owners make the mistake where they don't go back and obviously look at what's working, what's not, and constantly analyze and optimize their strategy. So that was the mistake we were falling into as well. And so our sales kind of came to a screeching halt. And basically within the span of three months, our momentum was slowly dying. We had three clients who were trying to get out of contracts early. Um, So we had to hire on legal help for that. We had three really key team members decide that they were moving on to other opportunities. So it was this three month period of time where everything was kind of like, shit was hitting the fan left, right and center, right? There was not one part of the business that wasn't on fire. And, you know, even though we're business owners, there's only so much like a human being can take in terms of yeah. conflict and turmoil and things like that. And so, you know, when we were about a month and a half into it, I remember because at the at the time, I had a business coach, I still do. And I'm so grateful. And and I'll talk about this in a little bit. But I'm so so grateful that I had her during that time, because I truly every single day was like, I'm ready. I'm ready to burn it to the ground. I'm ready to be done. And (laughs) it was like, listen, you have to have perspective. You have to remember every business owner goes through this. If we make the shifts and changes that we need to make right now, and in six months, you're still over it. Let's have a conversation about, you know, how we're gonna shift, how we're gonna pivot, that kind of thing. But you have to stick it through the hard parts. And that's why, like I said, I'm I'm so grateful that I had that mentorship, not only to keep me going, but to also help me identify kind of the gaps and the bottlenecks that we were experiencing that had not only led us to that place, but the things that we needed to fix if we were going to continue to move forward. And so from kind of doing a lot of analyzing of what was going on, we came to find that again, like I said, we weren't constantly optimizing and refining our strategy, but also because of this like awkward dance of bringing team members on the way we had structured how we were paying our team, how we were charging our clients We realized that the prices we were charging and what we were actually profiting off of those clients, when we had to end up paying our team and just the rest of the money that was left over, essentially, we were barely breaking even when it came to like the support that we were paying for in order to have those clients, but then also on top of that, you know, what they were paying. And so we found that we basically weren't making any money off of our clients. And then also the way that we were structuring how we paid our team was not incentivizing them to actually take action to do their job well. And then on top of that, we were paying them, you know, way too much. Like we, we had brought on these massive experts instead of kind of bringing on people who were a little bit more green and and training them and things like that, which obviously most agency owners like kind of know the difference and know the pros and cons. So we fixed all of that. And obviously we're, you know, a year, basically a year out from that whole situation. And obviously I no longer want to burn it to the ground. I'm very happy about where we're at right now in terms of how I feel as a business owner but also where we're going. You know, this is going to be our biggest revenue year and then next year we're going to double and even potentially triple our revenue from there, which is so insane to think about like how quick that turnaround was. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what happened and how we handled it,
0: which is so interesting. I think that an agency business model is so much different when it comes to scaling it is. than a lot of other businesses, because and I'll never forget, I remember I was mentored by another agency owner Her named Sarah Brooks. She had covet PR sold it to power digital. And I'll never forget when I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do because I want to hire more people and my teams at bandwidth, but yet we need more clients. And she's like, yeah, she's like, it's kind of like, is it, is it the chicken or the egg? Like which comes first? Yeah. And I'll never forget that because it is such a delicate dance. Mm -hmm. When you were looking at that period of like, when you were like, I'm ready to burn it to ground and your coach was like, no, six more months. Yeah. What were you like
1: mentally? How are you preparing yourself? That's a great question, too, because I think mindset wise, it took a really big shift for me as well. I definitely was approaching that scenario through the lens of I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I don't want to charge clients more because then they're going to leave us. Like I was operating from how I was feeling and not what was best for the business, right? And so I had to really shift. And I think that that's something a lot of business owners and specifically agency owners go through is you have this realization that, oh, okay, I actually have to be a business owner at this point, right? Like I have to actually make decisions that might be really difficult right now, but are going to benefit us long term. And so I instead of operating from what felt good for me, I operated from a perspective of what is going to be best for the business. Like I said, we had to bring on attorneys to help us with our contracts. We raised our prices significantly. Was that terrifying? Absolutely. Always is.
0: (laughs) And then you sign them and then you're like, Oh, wait, what
1: the hell? (laughs) We completely had to restructure how we were paying our team, which is not a fun conversation to have to have with people of like, Mm -hmm. not even that, Hey, we're reducing your rate, but Hey, you're going to have to work a little bit harder in order to get the money that you were getting before. Right. That takes a certain level of motivation from your leader to convince people to get behind that vision. Right. And essentially, the way that we had to do that was by saying, listen, if we don't make these shifts, this agency is not going to exist in six months. So if you want to keep your job, (laughs) these are the shifts that we have to make. And if we want to still create the impact that we have been creating, these are the shifts that we have to make. And so it took a lot of me having already built a lot of trust with our team currently, and their trust in me as a leader, which I do not take for granted, obviously, and it's not lost on me that they did trust me through that period, which has been so cool to see because you know, the people that stuck around are still with us now to this day, which has been so neat to see that growth and to see like, I've even had people say like, I so appreciate the kind of leader that you are, which has been so cool. So going back to your question in terms of the mindset of the shifts that it took, I had to build very thick skin, I had to really not care about what people thought of me as a leader. Um, of me as a business owner, any of those things and, and really do and trust myself and do what I knew was best for the business. Second of all, I got way, way more specific about my morning routine and just my routine and how I operate in general. I went from waking up, like slamming some coffee, getting ready super fast and like getting into all the meetings for the day to now I do an ice bath every single day, I work out every single morning before I do any of my meetings, I have two hours set aside in the morning where like I take care of me, I do mindset work, I visualize, I do affirmations. And then that's where how I structure my day now is so different as well. Like I'm so creative in the morning. So I have to do all of my content creation or, you know, anything where I need to be high energy. It's always in the morning. I go live on Instagram. I post on my Instagram stories. I post on TikTok, things like that, because that is my money making activity, um, and that's how I know that it's going to move the business forward. But it also sets me up to be the best version of myself as a CEO that I possibly can.
0: I, I love this, and I want to stop you right there because there's so many things I want to impact here. So many questions. <laughs> and I've actually been—it's so funny—you touched on this thing, and I've been—I've been tapping into this because I've. I don't know why this is the first time I'm 29 years old and I've ever heard of this concept of mental toughness. Yeah, but I love that you're kind of practicing this mental toughness in your morning routines, yep. right? The ice bath is not no joke. Something that to... <laughs> yeah, no. It's funny because I've been really playing with this idea because I I hate working out. I am not an athlete. Was never an athlete. Never did well in PE at school. Like was just that was not my thing. And I started realizing that I was falling in love with this mental toughness inside of the agency. And there was kind of just this cognitive routine that you would go through, right? Where you're kind of flexing these muscles internally. I want to touch on this a little bit because you're exercising this in the first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. What has that done Mm -hmm. for you as a leader or as an entrepreneur for Mm -hmm. you to actually be practicing these things in this time where usually like your morning routine is like a reflection, it's a little bit more softer. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for you?
1: Yeah. So it's really interesting that you you mentioned you're not an athlete because it's really funny. The the basis coach that I had previously and that I still have to this day, her and I are very similar. The way I operate is very masculine, right? And most people are mm-hmm. not not that way. And I remember she's very much the same as I am. And I remember her saying to me, she was like, being an entrepreneur is like being a pro athlete. You literally have to operate like a, like you are the best of the best at what it is that you do and people that are that successful, or even for example, like Gary Vee or Bill Gates, any of those people, they don't just get up and raw dog life, right? It's like they get up and they set themselves up for success. So I felt such a massive shift in the way that not only like I think about things, but then also like how I show up as a leader for our team how I show up on social media, how I show up for our clients, like, I think it's given me so much more confidence, ownership, you know, things like that, where I feel like I'm ready to take on the day, like, for two minutes is all I do the ice bath for, right? And I'm sitting there having to battle in my head of like, I want to get out right now. It's like, absolutely Mm -hmm. not. You're, you are equipped to do hard things. And you have to prove this to yourself essentially. So that's what I've been doing, you know, with the ice bath and with working out. It's also made me far more consistent and it's also made me take myself really seriously in terms of like the the promises and the commitments that I make and that I make to myself. Also, like for example, this morning, my sister was here and the first thing she's like, "Oh, do you want to like have a cup of coffee and go do this that and the other?" I'm like, "Actually, we have to do an ice bath first and you're going to do it with me because I made a commitment to myself and I keep my commitments, right?" So I think it just forces you to think differently, to show up differently. This whole like mental tenacity concept, it's completely changed the way that I show up. And I think it's something that, and I'm not going to sit here and sound like a boomer when I say this, but I think it's something our generation lacks a little bit is like, we, we forget that being successful comes from really freaking hard work. And it's this generation of like, we want to just show up and and make money for like nothing, right? It doesn't work like that. You know, so it's been great to answer your question.
0: (laughs) You are such a breath of fresh air. And I got to say this because me and my girlfriend, I have another I think I told you about her. Her name's Scout. She has a podcast agency. Mm -hmm. And we talk about this concept a lot of being in the masculine and then being able to access your feminine, right? Which I think there's there's moments, right? Like there's there's a lot of feminine that comes from the leadership side of dealing with people. And For even sure. in, when you're kind of conversing and like that play and that fun energy, but I live in my masculine and I honestly, it's funny because I, my dad's an entrepreneur. He was a single father. So like, I kind of have followed after him and just attitude and leadership and practices and things like that. But I naturally I lead in the masculine energy. Yeah. And it's very interesting to me because it is such a turnoff mm-hmm. for this new generation. It is. And it's something too, where we also have to navigate when and where it's applicable, but also too, I'm also dealing with clients that are boomers mm-hmm. and that don't understand boundaries, and that don't understand these specific things. So it's constantly like throwing me back into this status masculinity. And I, I kind of love what you're saying, because I just feel like it's, it's such a dance. And I feel like as an agency owner, you already put to the test of dealing with so many different types of personalities with clients with your team. What is like your go to like, how do you center Savannah? Like, how are you centering yourself in that sense of like, I have to deal with a lot of shit being thrown at me. There's so many moving parts. How do I stay centered in like who I am as a leader and also
1: as like, as the boss? That's a great question. And it's something I have to actively practice. It is not easy. There are moments where I want to pull my hair out every single day. And, you know, (laughs) it's funny because also there's another element to that as well as the leader. And, And this is something, interestingly enough, I just talked to my therapist about is that like, you're kind of isolated because you can't really talk to your team about like the frustrations that you have, right. As the CEO or the things that you're dealing with, you can't talk to your clients about it. So you have to really learn like how to process your own emotions and like validate yourself and move through it. And it's something that I, i had to learn how to do a lot it was not something that came naturally to me so i think developing the thick skin has helped that a lot but i've realized because i used to just try to stuff stuff down right i'd be like oh i'm stressed i'm feeling this emotion oh somebody said this about me and it's triggering me and i would just stuff it down and be like it doesn't matter keep going and that's where this dance of like masculine and feminine energy comes in because that's a very masculine approach like we don't talk about our emotions we move past it But what that causes is obviously a buildup of stress and emotion and it like significantly damaged my mental health. So obviously during that period of time last summer, during those three months, I was so anxious. I was depressed all the time because I felt like a failure, obviously. So there was so much going on. And what I realized was that I'd been stuffing like emotions down so much. So in terms of recentering, what I've been working on recently is allowing the emotion to come up, realizing, yes, I'm an agency owner. Yes, I'm a CEO, but I'm also a human being. Human beings have emotion. Human beings are affected by what other people say or do, or just things that happen to them, right? And recognizing the emotion, knowing that it's okay to have that, and then releasing it and letting it go and moving forward. I mean... A great example is, you know, we're we're dealing with um, a little bit of a legal like defamation situation right now. And obviously, I can't really talk about it. But when that happened, I was like, oh, my God, you know, like when people say bad things about you, it's so difficult for you to process and not let it affect you. But what I noticed was I've done so much work to like recognize the emotion that's coming up, recognize why I'm being triggered by it, understand that it's okay and letting it go. And so yeah, it affected me for 30 minutes. Sometimes I go and I do a workout to just kind of recenter and like let that stress out because that's a really great stress relief for me. Sometimes I'll do like a... a. Full minute of just like screaming into a pillow for a second. (laughs) Sometimes I'll do it. It works. (laughs) It's about like self awareness, right? It's about recognizing your feelings, how you process, how you are as a human being, knowing that's okay and doing what you need to do to get over it and move on because you have bigger fish to fry,
0: right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I I love this so much. Get Super is an instant wellness beverage brand created by moi. So good, you won't believe it's instant. It's for those seeking convenient energy sans the jitters. That's right. We put good old-fashioned, broad-spectrum hemp CBD into our organic Arabica instant coffee. It's probably Arabica, but I call it Arabica because it sounds more fun. Get Super and our hemp extract contains all the naturally occurring cannabinoids and turpentines. We include about 20 milligrams of hemp per each stick pack to give you all the fun, calm energy, plus that true entourage effect. All the benefits without getting... Quote unquote high, as all of our products are non-psychoactive. Get Super has been featured in Forbes US Today and was named Top Startup to Watch in 2021 by Yahoo Finance. Also, you guys, Get Super has helped me with my anxiety. It helps me sleep better at night. I've mentioned to you guys my whole mental health journey. And honestly, this company was a just passion and project of love because of what I've gone through and what I have walked through with my own depression and anxiety. I hope that it will help you the same exact way it has helped me. So go ahead and get your 15% off by using the code under the influence 15 at checkout. That's right. Under the influence 15 at checkout. Let's kind of shift gears here. So you've done something absolutely incredible. And I told you this before you jumped on, before we jumped on the podcast and started recording is that I've had a lot of coaches on here. Okay, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of people that have made, you know, multiple six and seven figures just off coaching, just off courses, just off their personal brand. Mm-hmm. What I thought was so interesting about you, and I relate to this in the same way, but my personal brand is not nearly as dialed in or as niche as yours, Mm -hmm. is the way that you've been able to capitalize on who you are as Savannah, Mm -hmm. but then also to what you're sharing with the world through your agency and through your services, through your own personal brand. Mm -hmm. And it feels so seamless. It does not feel like it is, overly salesy. It does not feel like it's overly like branded for alpha. Mm-hmm. It feels very like it's an extension of you. Yeah. And you have multiple things on your website where you talk about these different, you know, I think it's attract warm and convert. Yep. And right. these different, yeah, these different strategies that you have, mm-hmm. what made you go, I'm going to start a personal brand and that's going to be my main
1: marketing vehicle for my business. Where was the connection there? That's a great question. So when I initially started, I was working for a marketing agency after I sold the company I had with my dad. Like I said, I was very burnt out in terms of entrepreneurship. And so I was like, you know what? I just want to like show up and have someone tell me what to do for a change, right? I'm like, all right, (laughs) let's just go work for a marketing agency. It's what I'm good at. The reason why I transitioned back into entrepreneurship is because eventually my hours got slashed there, started side hustling, doing digital marketing, and it just took off very quickly. But in that... My thought process with marketing, having worked with so many different brands, the gap that I saw was there was no like human element to it. And that, in my opinion, is what builds trust so quickly. I mean, I was just talking about this on a live that I did on Instagram the other day. That's why so many large brands like Nike have celebrity sponsorships, right? Because you're tying your brand to a human and it's building trust with your audience faster because that audience is familiar with that other humans. Same thing with influencer marketing. So I knew the value of having that personal touch to your brand. And the other part too, was that I I didn't necessarily want to have a brand that I could just like walk away from. I know most entrepreneurs, that's kind of their goal. Like they start a business and they scale it eventually so they can sell it. And that's something that I I'm not really interested in doing. And so yes, we have alpha, which is like kind of technically a a separate entity from me. But I think the most important thing for me was understanding how quickly I could create sales if I had that human touch or that personal presence within my brand. Because yes, I have great knowledge and expertise, but people also work with me because they genuinely like who I am and who alpha is as a brand as well. Right. And so I think that when you have that personal side to your brand, that attract or and convert happens so much faster, because you're building that like no trust factor with your audience. And it's causing them to convert that much faster, because they believe in you, but then they also believe in the services that you provide, obviously.
0: I love that so much. And I, I think that's I mean, that's so true. It, it, there's such a line in business. And again, I'm looking at this from a marketing agency perspective that sure. we do business with people that we like, not necessarily the ones that are like, you know, the top dogs or the best in market. I'm sure, yes, at some point or some capacity that does work, but a lot of it is so relationship-based. Mm-hmm. When you teach your clients this, right? Because I'm, I'm you also have personal brand clients, right? You have consulting and you offer up a couple different things. How do you teach them how to show up on their own, you know, social media or for their own audience in that same way? Like, what are some of the like, I guess, what are some of like the best tips that you can share with our audience of how to show up in that way?
1: Yeah, so I think there's two parts to this, right? It's understanding you, but then it's also understanding your audience. And so I very much know who I'm speaking to within my audience, we have a very clear target demographic it's very much women like me, right? It doesn't necessarily matter the age range, but they're a little more masculine. They're go-getters. They are relentless. They don't care what it takes. Like they're going to create the success that they're looking to create. And so we know what attracts, warms, and converts them, right? And that's why we're able to create sales so quickly. So it's understanding exactly what it is that's going to get their attention. It's understanding exactly what it is that's important to them in the buying process, which is where I talk about buyer types all the time. That's why understanding the buyer types in your audience are so important because you're understanding how to feed them the information that they need in order to make a buying decision quickly. So that's more of the audience focused side of things in terms of creating faster results or faster sales, understanding what it is that attracts and converts them, what kind of buyer type they are, what motivates them to buy, potential objections they're gonna end up having and knowing how to create all of that or put all of that into your marketing strategy. And then on the flip side of things, it's also showing up authentically, personally, right? It's also showing up in a way that is going to make sense to them. When you can market to a specific demographic that's very similar to you, it becomes really easy. And that's just because I decided to work with those people, obviously, like that's, those are the people, those are my people, those are the people that I want to work with. And so when I show up authentically, that's exactly what they're looking for. Honestly, like it's more about understanding how to talk to them, but then just showing up as myself. That makes sense.
0: I makes total perfect sense. First off, I love this. And I I have pretty much like two last questions. But this next question, I'm really eager to hear your thoughts on. Okay. So you're deep in the social media world, Mm -hmm. just like we are. It's changing every single day. Every day. What are your thoughts? What is happening? What are your thoughts? I actually want to hear your thoughts on like Lemonade. I want to hear your thoughts on like these mini social media platforms that are just kind of like, they're just kind of sprouting right now.
1: I know. I'm so torn. I'm so so skeptical too. Like I'm so hard. I know me too. Stuff like that. I am very much a person where I will absolutely hop on the bandwagon and be kind of the guinea pig for our clients. Obviously, it's our job in marketing to have a pulse on the industry, right? To understand the new up-and-coming social media platforms, to understand if there is an ROI to using them, So I will always experiment with marketing, but I'm not going to make suggestions until I have understood exactly what it is that- Oh my God, we're the same human. Yeah. so with Lemonade, the first thing I said to our team was like, okay, let's create an account, let's see what's going on, you know, things like that. So, you know, in the month of May, that's one of our initiatives is to kind of start testing to see if it's even worthwhile for our clients to be implementing. So those are my thoughts on that. I wouldn't necessarily say like for example with TikTok, i didn't hop on that bandwagon during the height of the pandemic like everybody else did and like start creating content until i yeah. saw a couple other business owners actually utilizing it and seeing an roi from it right because ultimately all of these platforms the goal is to attract warm convert so if what you're doing is working If it's not broken, obviously don't fix it, right? But then on top of that, if you're in a place in terms of your brand, your business, your marketing presence, where you're making great revenue, your strategy is creating the sales that you're looking for, and you're looking to expand, that's where incorporating some of those platforms might eventually be. Um, really impactful because it's more just about, you know, visibility, especially when it comes to lemonade. So those are kind of my thoughts. It's not conclusive quite yet, obviously, but I will have more thoughts after we test it. (laughs)
0: I love it so much. I, it's so funny. I feel the same way. I hopped on lemonade. It just reminds me of like a glorified Pinterest. It's very, it's very interesting, but I'm, I'm still trying to lean into it. So Our last question is a question that I ask everyone on the show. And I'm really interested to hear your answer. But what does influence mean to you?
1: Ooh, what is influence? I always tie influence to impact, right? That's the biggest thing for me. I'm not really on a mission to create a shit ton of money. I'm on a mission to change the world, as cheesy as that sounds. And I truly believe that powerful women, if they are given the platform to do that, those are the kind of brains that we need to elevate in order to make a difference in the world. And so marketing and sales is a massive way to do that. And it's you know just one little puzzle piece in terms of the, the ripple effect that we get to create. So to me, influence means your ability to create impact, to create change. And I don't think it's something we should take lightly.
0: I love that so much. I I love the word impact. I noticed that you've been using that word quite a bit. And I think that it's such a perfect word for what you're doing. Savannah, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can everyone find you? How can everyone work with you? Drop all the
1: links. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. And if you guys want to hear more about what we're doing in terms of marketing and sales for our clients, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram primarily with it's Savannah Jordan. And obviously, Whitney will link all of my handles and everything. I do frequent lives on Instagram, where I do like free Q and A's. So if you guys have marketing or sales questions, you're welcome to come attend those and get all of your questions answered.
0: Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Savannah. Thanks for going under the influence with us.